Asian Avengers. So weak. Asian, Asian <laughs> Avengers. So weak. So, so fuckable, bro. You know? Whoa. Whoa. There's five Asian guys together. Got wow. Together. Did you ever um, go through a stealing phase? Do I think everyone should have a gun? Maybe. Or you can look me up. I don't care. I'll fight you. I don't care. You want to get high as fuck? You, you like opium? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Asian Not Asian Podcast, the podcast where two Asian guys not from Asia talk about American issues no one gives a fuck about. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Fumi Abe. I'm Mike Nguyen. And welcome. This is the 46th episode. We're back. Happy New Year. First, uh, our first 2019 episode. I know. The first, it, it, you know, if you look at our podcast thing now on Apple, it says we've been doing it from 2018 to 2019. It's, it looks like we've been around for a minute, dude. For one year. Yep. It hasn't been a year yet, exactly. It hasn't been. We started. Yeah, sorry uh, we didn't release anything last week. Hope you guys weren't too mad. But now we're back. We are. And uh, we're 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 ready to squander everything. Yes. Well, how was your New Year's? What'd you do? Um, my New Year's, I was in California. So some 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 nice fans uh, came out to uh, to the show I did out there. It's crazy that they came out. So nice, and they paid so much money, relatively speaking. Yeah. It was like fifteen dollars, which is a lot. Yeah, I think for for you, yeah, for me, for me. <laughs> usually, you can see me for nothing. Yeah, uh, or or sometimes I usually pay people to see me, and uh, <laughs> so the the uh, I'm sorry to the to the fans who who were there. I, I couldn't hang out. I had to go. Uh, did some shrooms. Um, Fuck. like a tiny bit. In what form? Shroom form. I don't. Was it a natural mushroom? It's like a little pill, but that's like, inside of it is like the the shroom ground oh, up. I did thing. it in a chocolate form once. See, I did that once too, and I shit got crazy. It. I hated it. I it hated was it. nuts. It was like you know, old black and white cartoons where everything's waving around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like that. Yeah, not enjoyable in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But this other one was cool. It was fine. And actually, to be honest with you, I didn't really feel anything. So it was damn. It was no. It was it was fine. It was good. I I did it. I said I was gonna do it, and I did it. <laughs> I was a big boy. I was a, I'm where, like where, a dr- where were you on the uh, when the ball dropped? Just with, you know, just at, at a house party with a bunch of my friends. And, and did you kiss your wife? Of course I did. That's nice. That's. That's pretty Do you know much where I was uh, at the ball drop? I, my girlfriend got sick, so she went home, right? <laughs> but I was like, dude, I'm still young. I'm going to go party. I went to Union Hall where yeah. I had a show uh, earlier. Hung out with some random people I met that day. During the ball drop, I was trying to get the bartender's attention. <laughs> 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 so I didn't even have a drink. He didn't, he didn't see me for like another five minutes, you know? But that was a very good summary of who I am. That's really... That scene is like what my life is. Just trying to get everybody's attention and they won't, they won't <laughs> we, listen to me. You and I have... We re- before we even started writing ever anything together, our yeah. first ever sketch idea was oh the race timer was, yeah was an Asian guy standing at a bar and wondering if the the bartender does just doesn't see him or if the bartender's racist right and after a certain time and a certain amount racist. of time <laughs> you can say this guy's racist but I, I would say a significant amount of my life has been spent wondering does this guy not see me right or right 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 like right at the bar um, so that happened that. and then shortly after some girl. Um, Asked me if I knew where I, I could, where she could get cocaine. Oh, dude! Yeah, well, dude. Well, you went to Union Hall. That's why. Is that why? But I, I, I don't know. I'm just a drinkless <laughs> man. I, I don't have a girl with me, and I, don't, I was just by myself in the corner, just like being weird. And she's like, "Do you know where I could get cocaine?" Maybe that's why she asked because I was being <laughs> weird. Maybe she thought the only reason why I could be there. Yeah, is there's no possible drugs. way this Asian guy is had no here friends that, except for cocaine. God damn! All right, well let's uh, let's do a quick shout out um, to our Patreon people. We only have three this week. Yeah. People took a break, but it's fine. Let's do a shout out to... Uh, Give us N- your Christmas money. Nari Tak. Nari Tak. T-A-K? Yeah, T-A-K. Where is she from? Ooh, T-A-K? I, you know what, though? I bet you this is Thai. That that last name is probably like... It's short for like... It's mad long, Thailand. Super long, and they just go with Tak. Okay, Nari, thank you. She actually came to the show, I remember. She came to Hex City. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked. Hi, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hello. Second Patreon new, new member... Uh, Tommy, but it's spelled T-O-M-I. Hmm. Hedy. H-E-A-D-Y. I think this may be our first spam account. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> but he gave five bucks. What a generous spam. This, this spam account's clever. It's sneaky. All right. And then uh, our last... About shouts. The newest um, Patreon person. Where are you? Saori Den. D-E-N. Saori. Where's she from? Mm, my favorite porn star is named Saori. Really? Japanese? Yeah. That's your favorite? Well, I would Wait, say who, like who Hall of Fame. Saori, uh, like, is it like Aoyama? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think the spelling's slightly different. Dude, so you watch that Jav shit. Jav, dude. You know Jav? J-A-V? What is that? It stands for Japan, Japanese Adult Video. That's what, we, that's what we call porn in Japan. It's a separate category because it's not like American porn. It's like porn, in, it's like porn made in Japan for Japanese people. 
Because <laughs> she doesn't speak English, right? And all the dialogues in Japanese. Oh yeah, like that. I'm really missing out. Let's not get into porn because uh, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. That you're right. Wanna... Okay, we'll come back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Nari, Tommy, and Sara uh, Sawori. Thank you so much. And uh, wait, before we introduce your guests, we do have to talk about one more thing. Uh, we got a- another unofficial sponsor. Oh, okay. Right? Remember? Yes. yes. We have uh, this oh, person, yes. Julie on. She, uh, you can follow Julie. her on Instagram at, at OBJ and O-T-E-M. O- OBJ and Odom. She's a uh, independent like ceramics person, and she makes like cool, I don't know, mugs and stuff. Yeah. And she donated two boob mugs. They're mugs with boobies on them. And they're yes. very funny. It, it sounds... It sounds way tackier than it is. Yes, it's very artistic. They're very like they're very cool, like Brooklyn boobs. Brooklyn, <laughs> they're like Brooklyn. They're a like feather. They look cool. It's got a feather they're tattoo. very cool. It's very nice. <laughs> and she does a lot of stuff, not just these things, but like yeah. she does all sorts of ceramics. It's very like hip Brooklyn, you know. Yeah, so it's, it's really sweet. So we're gonna make a post about it on Instagram, and we're gonna do a giveaway. So be be sure to check out. You know, if you don't follow us already, please, please follow us on Asian Not Asian Pod on Instagram, and then uh, you can win one of these booby mugs. Yeah, n- not the boob um, mugs your, your your uncle might have. <laughs> as a funny joke. Damn. Uh, okay, well, let's... Uh, should we get into the guests? Should we? Should we? Hell yes. Dude, we're so excited to have uh, the special guest today on the show. Uh, I've known I'm her really for a very long this. time. Do you even know her? Do you know her? Are you kidding me? Have you guys met? Yes. You have? Okay, I, uh, I should I, have asked you. Well, I have met her many times, and each time I try not to look her in the eye because I'm unworthy. <laughs> <laughs> But tell us who it is. Uh, well, this this guest for today, she is a, uh, a stand-up comedian. She writes for the Jim Jeffries Show on Comedy Central. She's, uh, she also wrote for True TV. She's She's been everywhere, man. She's an inspirational icon yeah, in, the, in the New York comedy scene. Oh, and just, a lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's welcome to the show, Suba Agarwal, everybody. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. This Thank is you for awesome. having me. Yeah, I think a lot of the times we have guests on here, and they don't realize. It's like us hanging out with Michael Jordan or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's really like it's a you, big deal. you just think you're doing your life, but you don't realize all these other people are like one day I want to be like Suba. Oh I want to like dream bigger. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Dude, Suba, I, do you remember uh do you remember when um I, this is back when we were like I mean, I was I still do open mics. So this is about when you're still doing open Me mics too. even though you're famous. You're still <laughs> doing open mics. And there was a girl who had just moved here. It was at Greenwich Comedy, Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Oh my god. And you were just open micing it, like just doing your thing. Everybody's bombing. Yeah. It's it's cool. And this one girl like called you out and she's like, "Oh my god, are you Suba Agarwal from the <laughs> PBS documentary?" And she said that she moved to New York because she saw Suba's thing. Yep. I've ruined so many people's lives. Yes. <laughs> I can name you some. Have. I can name you some. Have. So for for our guests out there, Suba was uh, subject to a, um, there was a PBS documentary was series. Was it PBS? Mm-hmm. It was PBS, yeah. It was like yeah. a documentary series about. Called, called about Modern Comedians. Yeah. yeah. And it was about comedy. And it was like all these different things. They had, they had a really a bunch of different like kind of cool mini documentaries. One of them was about Suba. And the sort of theme was it was just about the, the grind the of it. Yep. And uh, it was, uh, you know, showed Suba going to like 20 mics a week or mm-hmm. something like that, doing tons of shows, writing constantly, always on the train, you know, going from place to place. And I think for a lot of comedians, like young comedians, like around the, t- around the time we started, that like set the bar for like, oh, we need to do this if we're going to. You know what I'm saying? This is like the gold standard. We need to go here. I don't it know if you, what you felt about when that came out and what your experience doing <laughs> it that was. It was weird uh, because it's like this weird, like it was very popular amongst only like young comics, you know? So <laughs> yeah. it was very weird to get recognized by that demo. Like that girl at Greenwich, I don't yeah. remember. Because it's like, I'm at an open mic at that. I'm obviously not successful at that point. <laughs> and she like walked up to me and was like, I just, because she was straight from the Midwest. She's like, yeah. I've just never met anyone famous. And the entire, <laughs> the entire room erupted in laughter they yes. were like yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> I remember that man it made me laugh so I was like I'm not famous this is bad I don't know yeah that was back in like 2014 I think yeah, yeah. when was that you've been doing I mean, comedy for a long time yeah. up yeah. until that point too I, um, I honestly have to shout out Scott Moran who's like doing more um, directing stuff like he directs Rory Scovel's specials I don't know if he does stand up anymore but um, it was kind of one of those things where I feel like this younger generation of comics wasn't subject to this but in New York there was like this class of bullies where they would just shit on you and tell you to kill yourself and tell you to quit and they were like ruthless you know like they were just the worst people and um, it kind of like impacts your self esteem where sure. you think oh I don't deserve this I don't 
I'll get something when I deserve it. And that's not how this business works. You no. go out, you ask for it, you demand it. Yes. That's how it works. And so like Scott had known me forever and he just looked at me and he's like, what are you doing still doing open mics? Like you've been doing this forever. The booker of a late night show came to see Rory. He saw you too and he asked about you. Like oh my God. you should have been. And then like it just took one person believing in me and making that documentary and he got me on that prestigious show. You know, Maria, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Maria yeah. shows at Littlefield. And it was just like that motivated me to go out and start asking clubs. And then when I walked into the clubs, everyone I had come up with was already working there. So it was much easier for me to get in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just so sad how much it took one person just being showing me kindness to like, <laughs> <laughs> to like get my career, like to get it right, to start right, right, moving. Right. Well, because that's the Asian way, really. You know, I mean, yeah. not just comedy, but like we're told not to like really, at least in Japan, you don't ask for like promotions. Like you get shit when people recognize you. Yeah, there's you know? a lot of like negative, like you ain't shit. You didn't get this because you're not shit. But it's like, do you know how many people who aren't shit who just get stuff because they oh, ask? The oh my God. Are you yes. kidding me? Hell yeah. You have to go out and ask and you might not feel like you're worthy, but you're like, fuck it. At some point, this has to work. Do you, you know? feel, because you had been doing comedy for a while. So like, to be fair, you had been working really hard and you had like, you know, tons of jokes. You, you had a lot of experience. And then you went out and started asking for stuff. Do you feel like you should have started asking for stuff before too? In order, I think you know? so. Okay. I think I did wait a bit longer than I should have. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, I didn't believe in myself at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy because like everyone, I think, I mean, tons of people must have been thinking it and nobody ever said it to you. Just everybody must have been thinking the same thing. Like you're, you you know, you, you should be, you should be somewhere else because you shouldn't be doing these mics. You were already good. You know? It was just so hard when like that top class of comics who was starting to get stuff was constantly shitting on me. And it wasn't uh, just me. It was other people, yeah, you yeah. know. And then you just because you, you, you at that level, that's who you look up to. And so when they say that, you just internalize it. You My know? God, you're Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> you like broke it because if I had come up in that scene, like I came up, uh, you know, I started when that that came out. And, uh, you know, if, if I had been subjected to that, you ain't shit. You like you you got funny clothes on, get out of here. I would definitely have cried and gone home and I would have, I was a grown ass man at that point. So you like were, were the one who kinda like you were the one who came and did the documentary, re, you know, reset the whole thing, broke it all open, and now from being you know, the now the open mic scene is just regular bad instead of yeah. god awful. I've heard that it's a lot more friendlier, just the comedy scene in general. Yeah, it yeah. was like a specific group of people who were like real dicks. Wow. Um, I don't know. I feel like I was kinda I think a lot of Asian kids go through this where it's like I started in high school before I'd even gotten to New York and I would doing yep. comedy all throughout Pittsburgh and when I was in college and I would drive like uh sometimes eight hours a day, uh oh just god. doing stand up, like going out to I would go up to like Ohio and come back to Pittsburgh because the scene wasn't that big. Right. And I was taking all these <laughs> extra yeah, classes to graduate early so I could get to New York and doing all this extra shit. And I was like ruining my life, ruining my relationship with my family. <laughs> and then like to come to New York and as much as I didn't believe in myself to have some like idiot in a button down flannel, you're not funny. And I'm like, fuck off. Like this can't yes. not oh my work God. at this point. Wow. How you did know? you handle that? How, how, it just, it was how like, did you cope with that? Oh, I wasn't coping well. I was out of my fucking mind. Because you were also young <laughs> too, right? Yeah. You were young and that's hard on somebody who's like, what, you were 22 when you moved out here? So um, No, I was 20. You are 20? Tw- Dude, yeah. that's insane. <laughs> so, like, um, I mean, what made you keep going? Because, like, it you know, just, despite everything. Number one, like, it was a love for stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think, especially, I feel like a lot of Asian kids were told what we are. Yes. And stand-up comedy is that first time you have to ask yourself what you actually think. Like, it's the first time you have to realize what your opinion is and search for who you yes. are according mm-hmm. to yourself. Yes. So, like, having that, it was just addictive. And it was like, I was so bullied and I didn't know how to talk. To, I got into stand-up to be popular. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Bad <laughs> idea, but, <laughs> you know what, everybody has their own reasons. <laughs> so wrong. I was like, everybody likes the funny guy. I'll be the funny guy. It was just so dead wrong. No. <laughs> it's the but, number one way to lose. Friends. Oh my god, I have, I have no friends. Yeah, this it's is like it. stand up comedy. Then it's hey, do you want to come see my improv troupe? It's like those are the top <laughs> two ways. Unfriended, unfriended. Yep. But um, yeah, and it was like addictive. It was like you know positive attention because I was so desperate for anyone. I was just, can someone look at me? <laughs> yes. So de- I was just like so you know like bullied and all this shit, and it was like so addictive mm-hmm. to have that and to have that control and like to do all that. And so, like, I loved it. And then when you give up so much to pursue something and it's like 
like literally broke my family apart because it's like I was always kind of doing stuff on the side but I was always hiding it from my mom and then it came to a point where I couldn't hide these two identities and I was gonna have to make that choice and it was like devastating to like you know cut yourself off from your family essentially which is what I was doing Mm -hmm. and so it was just I couldn't it couldn't not work out you know, I feel like a lot of immigrants feel that way about America. Yeah, I think that's why they're super patriotic and they don't see the flaws of America is because they gave up their they dope up life everything. and their homeland. <laughs> and then they come in and they're like, America's going to fucking work. It's going to, it better work <laughs> because otherwise I have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of how I felt with stand-up where it was yeah. just like, I wanted it so badly and I'd been through so much and I'd worked so hard that even though it was awful and I didn't know that it was going to work out, I loved it and I, I needed it. Yes. You know? This is the thing. Yeah. yeah. You know the um, when I watched your documentary, I was like very new, but it to me, and I think other like immigrant comedians agree with this. It gave me a framework of like how to go about it because yeah. when you first start comedy, you're like any you know when you try yeah. to like switch industries, any any career, right? You don't even know how to go about it. Absolutely. Like, am I supposed to be hanging out more? Am I supposed to like look hot and like talk to <laughs> bookers? You know, you don't know. But then like, I think what you did was like. And I'm not like belittling this, but it is kind of like a very Asian way to approach it, right? You, you broke <laughs> well, it down. You're like, well, yeah, absolutely. I want to get good. How do I get good? Well, I need to just do a lot of it. And right. you put a lot of hours. I, How do I put mm-hmm. in hours? I do 25 open mics a week. Mm-hmm. Like you broke it down. And then that made me feel very comfortable. Like, oh, like this is like that little, you know, if you break it down step by step, it's very, it seems attainable. It's yeah. not, but yeah. it seems attainable. <laughs> I think definitely the, when I first found out, cause you know, you find out there's stand up comedy and you find out there's open mics. And then you find, I found out like soon after, like you, you should do this many or something like that. And the idea of like reps, I love reps, yeah. you know, like yeah. I just, just do as many as I can. I have homework now. This is great. Like yeah, 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 at yeah, least, yeah. at least for a while, you know, for a couple of years, you're like, if I just do this, that's something. Yeah. And then after a while, you know, going around asking people for stuff and, and trying to make your own vibe happen. I think that's actually more difficult in yeah. a way because you there's not really a roadmap for that and you have to be kind of sure about there's not a roadmap for any of this mm-hmm. like and I don't I don't know if doing a million open mics is a road to success I think statistically yeah. practice makes perfect you know right 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 so it's like I mean past a certain point open mics are not ideal <laughs> but yeah. like you know it's like when you're first starting it's a really good way to meet people yep. and to like understand jokes and to like be exposed and immerse yourself mm-hmm. but it's like you can get successful through a thousand different ways this industry is not I mean it, no I don't even think anything in America is really a meritocracy you know it's no. not like no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> even if you become the most talented it does not mean you will get success Absolutely. at all yeah. so it's kind of like doing a mix of things trying to like also having a business mind when you're doing this is really sure. important especially um later on but like i remember it was just really funny there was this newer comic who was like not working that hard and i told i was like dude you gotta do more open mics what's wrong with you and then like a year later he was in movies so i was like no <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i'm talking about excuse me no that's absolutely right that's like that's tough because you you like as an Asian person you feel like we're taught that if you put in the work like you can get the highest score yeah Yeah. but there is no highest score like there's no you can't rate this on a 1 to 10 no whatever it is that we're doing it is it's that's always like the thing is like we get we think like hard work equals this and yeah like hard work is an element that's really Mm -hmm. important Uh, but you know we're given we're like we're like given certain paths that you get to choose from and and it's really you know it's really about like going and trying to make your own path or finding another path or whatever to get to the goal rather than just like grinding a lot yeah yeah yeah, yeah and like the end goal it's like you can get up there and you can get successful but if you haven't put in that footwork what you're putting out is going to be shit you know yeah. and i don't want to do that yeah, you know right, what i right, mean right, right, yeah. it's like i don't plan on having kids this is my only legacy i can't have this <laughs> God I can have this be shit, you know? Yeah, so it's just yeah, like yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. things where it's like, ah, even if I don't get the opportunity or whatever, if I ever did, you know, at least I know I've put in the groundwork to you, you make something right, good. Right, 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 right. So uh, I hope it's okay to ask, do you, do you talk to your parents now? Do you still like, Now we're okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I think it's a lull. I think there's another big fight that's going to be coming oh, shit. down the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. You, you foresee a war? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, she is the one. She, she can't see the future. <laughs> She's like seeing the code. She's like, oh, something's wrong with the code. The parents are not right. Code, code. You know what I'm saying? She's dodging bullets and shit. All right, so, wow. Okay, well, well, first I want to know, like, 
Did, how did they come around? Did, did, what, what was that like? Yeah, take us it to the arch. It was like yeah. rough, you know. My mom, when I first started, like would say stuff like, "You're not my daughter. I wish you weren't. Like, I wanted you're mine, but you're not mine. I wish Ooh, you weren't yep. born. Like, really yep, yep. fucked up shit that she doesn't even remember saying. She was just so pissed. And then she would like call me crying, begging me to go to grad school. Like, my dad hand wrote me a three page letter talking about how this wasn't gonna work out. Oh my god, like, hand wrote it. As soon as I got like a few couple of TV credits, my mom was like, "Yeah, this was one or two here." but this isn't a career this doesn't mean anything like they were just constantly trying to pull me back <laughs> yeah and like it was uh it was not great and then eventually i ended up getting stuff and state when they've calmed down but the thing with me and with my comedy is like i always hated pretending like i had to be somebody or something else because i grew up in a very conservative kind of like status oriented mm-hmm. immigrant family mm-hmm who was like, all of the first-gen kids were out there fucking and doing, like, and drinking and doing drugs. But the difference between them and me is I was honest about my shit. Yeah. And I talked about it on stage because I thought it was stupid. I'm like, this lie is stupid. It, yes. It brings unnecessary shame. I think, like, seeing the double standard between, like, women's sexuality mm-hmm. and men's sexuality, like, it just pushed me to be, like, overtly, like, I'll be dirtier than I am in real life on stage just because I'm like, yeah. this shouldn't not be okay obviously be responsible I'm not advocating like go get wasted and fuck everyone it's super fun no, lots of bad ideas out there but like, um, I just but it's that double standard that, yeah. that, that duality and like the fact that there's there there's a way that everyone is perceived to be and the way that people are are and i hated that it like tore me apart because i had to live like these double lives for my family where it's like one was who i was pretending to be and one was who i actually was and it's devastating to feel like you can't be yourself like you can't say certain things like it just it was like it was hard you Mm -hmm. know walk us us through like how you hid stuff from your parents when you're like what 18 to 20 i guess well it's like i wasn't supposed to be talking to guys outside of school so Mm. that was a rule they said don't talk to guys and like, like don't date not even no, don't date no male friends. But you friends. went to public school, right? Yeah, I but mean, outside of the classroom, it was uh, no. I was not supposed to be hanging out with them after school. I was not supposed to be doing anything. Mm. Of course, I did all of that. So like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it would be like it would be insane. Where it's like I would see my dad would come and pick me up from the mall, and then he would be like ten minutes earlier, and I would see his car, and then I would have to jump in a bush or some like insane <laughs> shit. <laughs> Like, yeah, dude. Or like my friend was going to come give me a ride to school, but my mom didn't want me to give her a ride. Um, but then I remembered as I was walking to the edge of the neighborhood instead of the bus stop so she could pick me up that my mom drives this way. And then I had to run into someone's yard because I like and wait and try and see like, is her car coming? Like it was just yeah, yeah. insane oh, shit. And shit. like every one of my guy friends names had a girl name like Adam was Amanda. Like I kept track of it. Nice. Like Henry was Heidi. And when I would leave phone numbers, I would always leave it one digit off um, just in case she could call. be. Yeah. So she called, she get the wrong number. I could be like, oh, I accidentally fucked it up. I wrote one number. Oh my god! Oh my god! And I would have like go-to friends that would like sort of cover for me, even though they weren't like 100% comfortable. And like some of the American parents were like, I don't know, I don't like this, but I don't like that. So they would kind of be somewhat chill. Yeah. With me being over and not snitch. So it was. Dude, you're putting so much work into this, like this this lifestyle it was that you insane had to maintain. because it's like i just it wasn't my because the problem was my my dad wanted a boy so he raised me like a little dude and he got me into like wrestling and football and i was dressing like a guy and then naturally more men uh just because of the way the culture is are into those things so that has happened to be i was more yeah. friends with you know guys who like the same shit i did and it's like it's not like i didn't have female friends but i didn't want to give up my male friends mm-hmm. just because yeah. I was getting close to puberty. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so it's your dad's fault, really. <laughs> this is all Mr. Uh, that's crazy. Okay. So what is, do you see, what is this thing you see in the future? Well, it's more of like, Suba's predictions. Tell me, Suba's predictions. <laughs> What's going to happen in 2020? Well, my family and I like broke uh, when I finally told my mom I wasn't a virgin because I was, they were starting to see more of my stand-up How online. Old are you? How old are you? I was 23. Oh, come on. And, and they had 24? expected you to save it for marriage. Yeah, that yeah. Was like, okay. So it was just one of those things where it like completely split the family apart. And we eventually came back together. But my mom still has that like status obsessed. Like I told her the birth control I was on didn't work out at a party. And she was like, shh. I was like, who here doesn't know I'm fucking? Are you crazy? Like who? Who? Like it's... And right now things are quiet because I'm not on TV as much or when I am, I'm not doing my own stand-up. I'm like doing bits or I'm writing for somebody else. But I feel like if I do start to get more stand-up opportunities, like my material 
is not going to make them happy. (laughs) That's going to be a fight if I start acting. You know, like, I mean, I don't want to do anything nudity related, but it's like there's scenes where like people are making out or whatever, like even in like the most popular comedies, there's always some stuff. And I feel like that's going to be a fight. And it's like right now they've kind of been able to walk that line where like the kids kind of know who I am and the aunties and uncles don't really understand. But they're like, oh, okay, she's a TV writer. But if Mm. I ever break out of that, yes, it's going to be a problem for my parents. So, yeah, try to limit your success just a little <laughs> bit. Are you an only child? Uh, no, I have an older brother. Okay. Oh, but you're is not he... even, but why, does, why is this such a big deal? I know. He's a doctor, right? Yeah, well, PhD. PhD. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, come on. Yeah. I know. You, everybody a real just, doctor. You, every family, every immigrant family is allowed only one, I think. <laughs> you, know? you got the one. Be happy. What do you want? You know? That's how I feel. I'm like, come on, man. One out of two isn't bad. <laughs> Damn. So, do your parents like, what about like this whole concept of like, because they sound very conservative. Do they want do they have like arranged marriage ideas for you and stuff um, like that? No, because they know I would never. They, they know you wouldn't do it, but did yeah. they do that for your brother? Um, sort of. They helped him find. He's engaged, so yeah. they helped him find his girl. Which I'll be honest with you, that sounds tight. We were talking about we were talking about this arranged marriage. How it's uh, a cool idea. Yeah, because I think I think your parents. I don't know how in real life this is, but maybe my parents at least they were like, you know, they it's already vetted. They already kind of know you. They're probably family friends. And like, at least my dad wouldn't let me marry someone he didn't think was attractive. So she'd be all right looking. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, like a, all right, you know, this would this would be this yeah, is better than Tinder. Parents I don't know. were way more shallow than my brother was. See, there you <laughs> go. She better have. So, so, yeah. like, I like her, and they'd be hot. like, the body no. is no the good. The body is no bad. good. <laughs> you see her. <laughs> See, too much body fat. Mm. It was so funny. Okay. It's no good. Where's that booty? That's what your parents are saying. Come on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay, I want to talk about this. When did you start comedy? 2000 what? Um, 2007? Seven, yeah. okay. Did you notice uh, like a shift in just like Indian entertainers, Indian comedians in... Oh, there's been a boom, 100%. Well, Fumi and I always talk about like... Like we keep seeing all these other groups like getting stuff. I'm like, any second, straight, straight Asian, Asian guys, straight, straight Asian, Asian guys. It's our time. Yeah. We're gonna get that phone call. And then we but don't. then it's like, oh crap, another yeah. half Asian guy, half Asian guy, Asian guy. But you know, do you feel like you know that there's you know 2018 was good for Asian people in general yeah. with a lot of like representation and stuff like that and. You know, you've got uh, you, you've got all these shows ha- happening and stuff like that. Do you feel like there's a nice wave? Do you are you feel like pessimistic about it? Do you feel like there's you know there's a good energy happening? Or what's happening here? I think it's just showing that. I think this has been like most couple, like the couple of years with like every I think it was like Black Panther, or Crazy Rich Asians. It's just showing that we have the ability to make money, which. Duh, you fucking idiots. <laughs> but it's like, so they're not, they're, I think there's, um, bigger networks are less hesitant yeah. to like allow minority groups to take the lead in certain forms of entertainment or like be the lead of a movie. So I think it has opened up more opportunities and more doors going forward. So I'm hoping, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it just make things a little bit easier. Anytime someone has like, there's a reason certain people are called trailblazers and it's yes. obviously easier to take a trail that's been fucking blazed <laughs> than to sit there with a goddamn weed whacker yourself you know we need that we need that the blazed trail that's what we need <laughs> we do who's who's blazing it right now for us yeah i think we are <laughs> this podcast kind of guess this podcast is more popular than you think suba don't don't, uh, don't, don't think, think that this is not some open yeah. micro podcast yeah, this okay? computer is is on and working so uh, unlike most other ones but uh, um okay so you're in la now mm-hmm. right and is there another season of jim jeffrey show yeah jim uh, jeffrey's if you don't know he went viral on youtube he had that really popular bit about gun control genius comedian bit. from yeah. australia yep. so great super writes for him it's crazy and it's it's like such a crazy like sen- is that is Cinderella story? Is that the right myth? is that the right <laughs> analogy? You were like in the fucking war zone, right? Open mics, like people shitting on you, blah blah. blah. Like your parents wrote you a handwritten letter, which is insane, <laughs> and then all that, and now you're a you're you got what you wanted, right? This is this is you're a professional comedy writer. You're making money, yeah. you know. You're in LA. Like how how do you feel about all that? Are you fucking pumped, or is it just um, like because it took so long to get there? You're just like I What's think next? that's kind of the problem with this, and I, I I do say this is an obnoxious thing about me is I'm always. I don't feel like I'm ever grateful enough for what I have, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's kind of one of those things where it's not like I had this crazy life-changing thing that where it was like, holy shit, I can't believe this happened. It was always like a baby step towards something else. It was just there's so many steps leading up to it that it doesn't feel like a jump. But if you look back a year ago, that's insane, you know what I mean? Where it's like, 
okay, the first thing was I did stand up for like eight, seven, eight years, and yeah. then I got management. And before I did that, I was taking sketch and writing classes and just writing every day for hours. And then I submitted a million packets, and then I wrote on this pilot, and then I wrote on another show, and then I wrote for True TV, and then from writing from True TV, I started writing from Comedy Central. So there was like a million steps. And then when you're taking all those little steps, it doesn't hit you as an as insane. Wait until you look back and you're like, oh my god, I've been doing all these things because you're so focused on the next packet, yeah. the next like phone call. Or I whatever. was. I will say when I first got, I think. Because when I was working for uh, True TV, I don't believe I quit my retail job fully. I think I was working yeah. extremely part time, like you, one or two days. Working? I was working at the Apple Store. That's what I thought. Yeah. Were you like a genius person? Oh god, no. Just I was. Uh, I had no idea concierge? what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> 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 I was a specialist, quote unquote. But it's like, yeah, I would only work one or two days on the weekends and stuff, and I would give away the rest of my shifts. And um, I think that was the first time I was like. I can quit my job. I'm moving to LA. And this is the juiciest thing I'm going to say. I was on, like, I had, uh, my manager was in my headphones. I was at the gym working out and I was doing a deadlift while I was talking to him. And he told me that I had gotten the gig at Jeffrey's and I literally pulled my back. I was so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Success related injury. It was like, um, I was like, oh, that's good. Oh, God. <laughs> what? <laughs> How do you like LA? Oh, I, I don't. Yeah, uh, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Sorry, LA listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated. Like, the longer I'm there, the more I, I settle down. It's just my number one passion is stand-up comedy, and yeah. there's just less of it. It's just harder there. It's yeah. different like, out there. It's like a different energy almost. You know, yeah, It's not about the craft almost, you know? It's a lot more industry-oriented. And, yeah. I mean, we'll see this next year. I think this next year is really going to seal whether or not the shit was worth it for me. Um, but it's like you just get more opportunities like access to bigger opportunities sure. I feel at yeah. least than I had in New York in Absolutely. terms of industry and stuff yeah. but that's also such a mind fuck I think that's why so many people go crazy in LA is because you get to see like hey this could change your life here's a thing mm -hmm. you're gonna get it oh just kidding go fuck yourself it's like, it's like, <laughs> classic <it's> LA classic. <laughs> Classic. It'll like make you go crazy because yeah. yeah. like you think like this is gonna change your life and then it just gets taken away, you know. I think that's what you were just saying too about you never know if you're really successful because of that, right? Yeah. You, you can you, you can get all these things and if you just stop swimming, yeah. you just become like a rock again and, and and everything goes away. So you just never know. Like you could be on stage, you can get, be getting your Oscar and just be like, oh man, you know, like any moment this could all go away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. um quick follow-up uh what's your deadlift <laughs> I, I love only, talking about working out we do, never talk about it i only do 50 i only do 50 that's i know that's good. not i thought the heavy. bar was 50 the bar's 45 so depends the bar's 45 so you put 2.5 on each i just How use those the? i just use those um the ones oh, that the, the ones that are set already yeah. ah. or i'll use the uh, dumbbells man that's so refreshing to hear a comedian doing deadlifts <laughs> i just love that i love that are you like uh falling into the whole like LA healthy yeah. workout mentality. No, yoga it was more of like I wasn't taking care of myself for the longest time. Yeah. Um, Cause I would like work a 7am to 4pm shift at the Apple store and then I would go out and do open mics and I was so broke. I was eating like shit. Like I was mm -hmm. eating dollar pizza and it was just like my body was falling the fuck apart in my early 20s and I was like what the yeah. fuck? Like I literally pulled my back uh, lifting an iMac. <laughs> 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 I was like what is happening? And I was so weak and tired at one point you know those like really rusty kind of old turnstiles that you'll see like yeah, yeah 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 I got tired halfway through pushing, pushing it, through that and I thought I was like am I just stuck here like it was uh, like a legit thought in my head and, and you're like, okay with it like, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> waited a few minutes pushed again and it was just like and I kept getting sick I would get so yeah. sick again uh, and again and again ugh. and then it was just like I gotta fix this so then I started working out and I started trying to eat better and it helped when I had like writing jobs I was actually making real money like yeah. I could afford a salad you know <laughs> so, Salads are so expensive. They really are. Uh, what is? Do you have like a very diva-ish thing you do in LA? Do you know? Do you have any like diva-like things? Or like, oh, I, you know, wash my face face with Evian. Is there anything like that that no. you like try to like? This is me time. Yeah, you have know you changed? Have you done anything like that? <laughs> have you changed, Suba? Well, I don't know. You know, if I moved out to LA, I'd be like, oh well, I'm going to always like I don't know. Like, yeah, it's a legit question. Yeah, like you know, like always do yoga at sunrise. You know, oh god, like no. That. I I try to take more me time because this is really a marathon. Like I think maybe yeah. it's fine to treat yourself like shit for a little bit, but it's like that is not sustainable. Um, I guess I always daydream about taking baths. I never do. Yeah, Whoa. there you go. Very rarely, like once or twice tub? a year. I. I, I used to yeah in LA and oh. I, it would be like a day 
I, like two showers after I bleached it because I didn't want the bleach on my body and mm. then like everything was clean and then I would use a bath bomb and it was like the fucking shit bath bomb and I would like I don't even know if I enjoyed it or if I was just telling myself that's what relaxation <laughs> was <laughs> I've seen it in the magazines <laughs> that's what all the rom-coms do this sucks <laughs> I'm cold that's funny um, uh, let's see one more question before we kind of wrap this up um, you, you work countless hours and you're how old are you now you're allowed to say that 28 yeah God, we're the same age <laughs> god damn I'm actually older than you I'm 29 fuck <laughs> um, but you know in, in the comedy world you're my you're my senpai which is a, a Japanese <laughs> word for respected elder thank you for so. making it weird for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you like I know everybody says dating is hard in LA but like with your hours like how do you do yeah, that? Yeah, what is how that? I'm talking about already being that, weird in LA. That's I'm part sure. of self care, right? Is dating yeah. your emotional self care? Yeah. Um, well, just, for a yeah. while, I was just kind of doing whatever, um, which was a mistake. That's how I got chlamydia. But like, <laughs> 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 was parents? Like, oh god, <laughs> uh, you're gonna get another handwritten letter. This one's ten pages long. You know, it's like such a shame because like I think I have a joke about chlamydia and I think it's become my strongest joke. Like, <laughs> Just like the virus, so strong. The best, the best jokes are from the source of pain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it was just like I was just kind of like being like you know, and I. Side note, I used a condom. I still got that shit. I was so fucking Whoa. pissed. But I was like, oh, shit. I know, right? And I was like, okay, I'm being responsible. As long as I'm being safe and having, like, it doesn't matter if I have a casual relationship with someone. And then, like, that scared the fuck out of me. And I was yeah. like, oh, no. Okay, we need to pull this fuck. back. And, um, I will for the longest time I would just like not I would go like six months without dating and then I would panic and be like, I gotta find somebody now. Um, so I was doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, and then, uh, in LA, I was just kind of being like, because people are busy. Like, I would, I would always try and find someone who was busy. Like, ideally, like an ER doctor, which did not work out. But like, somebody <laughs> the who was, busiest person. <laughs> yeah, somebody who was also very busy. Um, but it's yeah, it's rough. People find people who are like generally around them, like you know, yeah. um, D8 people around, like writers or people who work on like yeah. uh, editing and stuff. Um, somebody who understands TV or like what you're working on. I ended up dating a, a comic this year, which is uh, a horrible idea, but yeah. I did it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard. But, like, he's very sweet, and it's going very well, oh. but You're I, still with this guy? Uh, say You're still with this guy? Yeah. Oh, okay, oh. cool. Yeah, we're actually moving in uh, whoa, whoa, next whoa, year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Another Ooh. handwritten letter. Okay, <laughs> another handwritten letter. We're just, your dad is tired. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's nice. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we're back with everyone's favorite segment. It is Das Race, Race News. News. Das Race News. Das Race News. And uh, we've been out of the game for a little bit. But one thing we've been really wanting to talk about, uh, especially with our, our guest, is uh, have you guys heard of subtle Asian traits? I just Have read about, about it. That? I just read yeah, about it. Yeah, I just it. read about it. Okay, yes. Did you read about it because I sent you the article? Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so for people who don't know, uh, because you're not 18 or whatever, uh, Subtle Asian, Asian Traits is a Facebook group, and they share uh, Asian memes, I guess you could. It was, it was started in Australia uh, by some uh, Australian Asians, and, uh, and it was just like a way for them to blow off steam and, and to kind of commiserate about studying a lot and, and uh, other, other sort of Asian traits like that so it's it's gotten really popular uh the original founders of it it's it's got like a million right and they're like 18 19 years yeah old. a lot of yeah. a lot of very, very young people um everyone else 
our age has to read about it in the New York Times. <laughs> but but they they you know th- honestly, is, I was shocked. Eighteen year olds still use Facebook. That was the most surprising. Point. Yeah, that's a great point. I was like, really? Maybe yeah. it's different in Australia. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. Australia. It's different Australia. <laughs> but this kind of like this kind of feature is not available on Instagram and stuff like that. Having a group, having a oh, you know, yeah, you know, a chat group. Yeah, I did read yeah. about that again because I'm an old person about how Facebook groups are still a big thing. So this is <laughs> so anyway. So right. This, okay. So so this uh, subtle Asian trades. Uh, you know, they they share memes. They they make a lot of memes. That you know, you submit stuff. And what are some of these jokes? Examples of some of these jokes. Let's right? see here. So um, it's hard to explain a meme over not. <laughs> well, there's one I saw that we, like for Asian people listening, they'll do. It's this basically like inside jokes for being Asian. So there was somebody posted a picture of kids working on Kumon on the airplane, ah. which is something I did when I was a kid when I, I was flying back to Japan. Yeah. My mom would make me do homework on the fucking plane. Nobody else would be doing it except, you know. So it's like shit like that that maybe somebody of, um, you know, who's an immigrant, their parents are immigrants would understand that kind of thing. But like a regular, you know, Joe Smith wouldn't know what the fuck that is, right? Right, right, right. So a lot of stuff like that. So uh, what do you guys think about this subtle Asian trait group? I mean, I think it's, so it's like a meme hub. And we always we we memes are very important in comedy now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, they are. It's they they go viral so fast, and yeah. they're easy to make, and they're like anonymous. Is that like would love to get your take on like? Do you think is that the future of comedy? Because I feel like in a way memes are setting trends, and they're like affecting our culture. And I, I don't know. I mean, for the for the mass, for like just the general public. I feel like that's comedy today. Just when you log I mean, on to Facebook for young like, people. It's like a form of entertainment, but no one's not going to see a movie because they're looking at memes. You know what mm. I mean? Like, I don't feel like, I feel like these things are going to coexist. And I think it's just another avenue to get a following. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're seeing different things happening, but it's like people are always talking about how like, oh, everything's going to kill radio. And then radio just mutated to into podcast. podcasts. Yeah. So it's just like, I think things kind of coexist and mutate and change. Like everyone's like, TV is dying. I'm like, it's becoming apps. Yes. It's becoming mm-hmm. Netflix. It's becoming Hulu. Disney's trying to launch their own streaming service. Facebook Watch is trying to like everything. I don't think things are going to go away. I think they're going to change format, you know, right. because there still is a huge appetite for like scripted content. Sure, sure. I mean, there's more than ever. Now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, have you had to change any of your creative practices to kind of consider like memes and stuff? Do you ever like make or memes? And I stuff? very yeah. rarely make memes. I yeah. tweet more because it's easier for me to just think of a joke when I'm walking around. Yeah, um, I feel like I should be more active on memes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just to say well, it, we sound so old. <laughs> Are we saying it right? Is it memes? Uh, memes? Yeah, but you work for a Comedy Central show. I'm sure a company like that, you know, they've got to be, uh, uh, you know, feeling the pulse on all these things, right? Yeah. Like, and uh, this is another article I read about Bird Box. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, the movie on Netflix with Sandra Bullock, and it's like a poor movie. They hit 54 million views in the first week, and that's the best that Netflix movies have ever done. And part of that was because they made a meme and it went viral and that's becoming part of the marketing I strategy. I literally wanted to watch it because of all of the memes. Exactly. Exactly. And everyone, and because everyone was exactly. talking about yeah. it. Everyone's about how it. shitty it was. Yeah, I mean, is that something... It wasn't that good. Okay. Um, but is that like something that you guys talk about in like the writer's room? Because you guys cover news stuff, right? Well, so. they always talk about... Every every show is like, all right, we want to go viral. It's like, you yeah, know, fucking shit. <laughs> 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 what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like... Because um, like I think shows... Like, our show will put out clips. So Facebook, they want the clip yeah, to go yeah. viral. They want the clip to post. Um, but it's not like, or and they'll like have digital teams and stuff like that. But yeah, it's not, it's not my job. Yeah. <laughs> your your job is still, team, is still yeah. right, just to write that, that, that funny bit. Yeah. yeah. So this is another interesting thing about subtle Asian groups. Uh, what is it called? Subtle Asian? Traits. Traits. They have a bunch of um, like different branches now. So there's like one called subtle curry traits, which is for yeah. like Indian, like Desi people. And uh, I don't know. Are you part Did of you that group? That <laughs> no. I haven't checked it out. I was I, I was wondering like what is so different about? I wonder is there like an Indian inside joke that like him and I wouldn't get? Like yeah. East Asians wouldn't get something about Pakistanis or like something? You know like. Well, I guess uh, the fact that. Uh, Bengali people are just Indian in America, you know. Oh, I guess yeah. Like, yeah, here we go. Little things like that, which is disappointing. When people are like, oh, there's a huge slew of Indian restaurants, and I was like, motherfucker, these are all Bengali. Like it was. Just <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> there's little things like that, I guess. Man, see, I didn't even get that. I, I, didn't, even, I didn't get that either. <laughs> I'm learning. This is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I guess. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to say about this is a, a lot of these jokes are, I guess, like quote-unquote hacky or like have been done before yeah but they're yeah. going they're so popular and i was thinking is that because like asian people and like indian people we just never really had a 
we never really spoke out. We never really had a platform to make these jokes, so it's like they're still considered fresh, you know? Like, like the, yeah, they're somewhat, the, the, somewhat the, like the level one ish. There's a lot yeah. of hacky shit on the internet. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like these but they are go viral, so that says something about our country or the world, well, right? It's like I think every community likes feeling especially like what struck it, stood out to me was the fact that they were Asian in Australia and I'm like that's got to be rough like I have yeah. no idea <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> don't want to be like, that <laughs> Jesus I mean I'm not saying nothing but you no, know no, yeah. it's just like that might not be the most welcoming uh, but it's just like so I felt like that's the type of group that wants to feel like they belong and wants to feel normal. And yeah. I wanted that in high school. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be part of the Indian group, you know? And so it's like, even if you share these memes, they're about shared experiences within a subgroup that make you feel normal and, like, you feel like you will belong. And I see that sometimes with my stand-up where, like, the one Indian girl, if I'll do a college gig, will come up and be like, I loved you so much, you know? Where it's yeah. like, <laughs> I understood what you were saying, you know? Yeah. It's like they still hunger for that, you know? Interesting. So it's the, so the, maybe the objective of this isn't necessary for the laughs, it's just for the belonging aspect, right. and therefore it's okay that it's hacky. I feel there's probably a bunch of memes about, like, Oh, here comes here comes mom, or like I have to hide something from my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, all of those goddamn YouTube and Instagram people were like, when ethnic moms be like, (laughs) famous, and it's like, god damn, it's the simplest joke. If I had just done that six years ago, (laughs) yes, exactly. That was literally my stand-up when I was seventeen. If I had just, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Who's that really famous Indian girl who like got famous doing that? Oh, Supergirl, Lily, Lily, Lily Singh. Singh. Yeah. Yeah. I just recently saw her on a Maroon 5 music video. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you're that famous now? Oh, yeah. She it's like crazy. tours and has but, stadiums and shit. It's but crazy. But that's how she got famous, right? Making yeah. these like Indian mom videos yeah. or doing impressions of like Indian guys and stuff like Holy that. Holy crap. You know? What are we doing here doing this podcast? Uh, so that's so dumb. Me, I, we always come back to this. It's like, are we are we doing the wrong thing? We absolutely are. But then it are. goes back to what Suba said earlier about like quality, right? So it's like, mm. if you get, if you're doing this shit and you sell at MSG, Oh man, I guess you sell MSG, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck were you trying to say there just now? I guess like the, the quality of your content would be bad, but then I guess it doesn't matter because they love you, so it doesn't matter. Does any of this matter? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you're putting out a bad product, but you're selling it out, so it's like, is it a bad product if you're selling it out? Oh. I don't know. I feel like I, I can objectively look at that and be like, it's just, to me, it's more like there's not a lot of skill it takes to do that. You yeah. were just like one of the first to do it. Yes. You know? Yes. Which first, true. first movers, yeah. Right. Man. I guess that's true. I mean, I, that's one one thing we were talking about with memes is that there's not like famous meme makers. Mm. There are, there's like a couple, but like, for example, subtle Asian traits is like, it's community based. It's a hub. It's not a. It's so not a like maker. everyone yeah. submits it, and after like you know, if you do a lot of quantity, right? Of like you've got thousands of people submitting, then you're gonna get like the funniest stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, I yeah, hope yeah. you know crop to the surface, but like our goal as writers, comedians, is like to do to hit gold again and again and again. Yeah, 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 know? yeah. Which I think is pretty tough. Yeah. This the the one paragraph in this article that um, stood out to me. This is. Uh, this group has also weathered accusation that it reinforces health, uh, self-hating stereotypes or being racist towards white people. Uh, the founder uh, of another Facebook group popular among Asian Australians said that while the group's, the group's jokes are empowering, it's empowering Asians in not a really good way because it's belittling other races. Mm, Suba, do you hate white people? <laughs> no. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> I don't I, either. I don't either, and I think that's I why think it's, I, I like the your tweets. It made me laugh is because I could 100% see that happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, but it's like I I don't know. It's a. Let me bring this up. You're on Twitter a lot, right? I yeah. see you tweeting jokes anywhere from race related to like relationship, just like or just like random observations yeah. that are funny. Sometimes they're news related, and you're kind of like, I, your tweet is your tweet Twitter account is very similar to like what, what, like Mark Normand or uh, Sam Morell, where you just like funny stuff, general yeah. funny stuff. And you're kind of, I don't know if you're using it as a soundboard for your bits, but I think you're just producing a lot of different stuff. That's, I'm in just a different trying to, yeah. You're just trying shit, right? But the people who go real viral, you know, uh, these, these, these comedy tweets, quote unquote comedy tweets, they're not always funny, but they hit these issues, right? So, yeah. Like, yeah. like woke issues. Hot, and hot so as long issues. as you can kind of say the right thing, 
it gets a lot of heat. It goes viral, and those people have like sixty thousand followers, seventy thousand followers, yeah. and stuff like but that. But it's like as long as we're in such a climate where you have like fucking uh, neo-Nazis marching at Charlottesville yeah. and like all this crazy alt-right stuff moving into the mainstream, there's going to be a reaction on the left and a yeah. rise of like the quote-unquote woke comic. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. clapter and all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's yeah. like ideally, shit would settle down. We would be able to push. Uh, the you know racists and extremists to their fringes and find a better way to come together as a community but until then if one side rises up the other side is also going to rise up mm. there's just mm. nature so the real victims here are us yes <laughs> the middle guys middle guys t- us regular comedians <laughs> just and I, I don't want to equivocate I'm not saying no like, you are I get it <laughs> I get it I am a victim <laughs> I'm not saying the Charlottesville guys are the same as <laughs> we're basically <laughs> not <laughs> um, well, okay, because this is a real thing that I feel when I'm on the internet. Like, when you see somebody going in on white people, just in, and it's like a joke, do you feel weird? I feel I, weird because I have very good white friends, and I know hilarious. all of them are not like that. Well, I just think about it from even, like, Malcolm X, if you read his biography at the end of it, when he went um, and came back and saw all the different groups together, realized, like, you don't have to hate white people you know what I mean yeah. where it's like oh, we need that. to work within our <laughs> own community and white people need to work within their own communities to address their wrongs yeah. it's like all communities need to be working yeah, together yeah, yeah. because like just rejecting one race they're still here you could be like, fuck Bob. Bob is still here. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Fucking Bob. Like, you just kind of have to learn to work and live together. And it's like, it's not like one group is inherently more evil than the other one. It's just the way history played. People fucking suck. If you mm-hmm. read if you read the book, I uh, highly recommend uh, Guns, Germs, and Steel. Oh, yeah. I believe oh, you recommend this to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it talks about how, like, um, different groups of people, like, whether or not you're an egalitarian society who loves to live on peace, that generally happens if you're society's most spread out but the higher you concentrate population the more you get into classes the more you go out the more you explore the more you conquer and they talk about like the reason white people did all the murder and shit was because like (laughs) (laughs) was because there's a there's a smarter way to say that (laughs) because like their society had the right like they had the right setup to domesticate animals to create um, and that led to like society settling down creating farms specializing advancing mm-hmm. technologically having access to certain metals and materials allowed them to reach that higher peak personally I believed if you had moved Indians to that neighborhood and we oh. had all that shit we would have gone out and murdered motherfuckers <laughs> Hell but, like, yeah. I don't think one group is worse than the other because yeah. if you look at us genetic race is like a made up thing there's no race gene I don't have an Indian gene like it's yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean but um, I mean obviously sociological they're like there's mm-hmm. there's it's much more complicated than I'm making yeah. it but I'm just saying at a base level we're all shit so relax we have to get along because like unless you pull a Hitler and are like let's get rid of everybody like you have to work together you know super you're uh <laughs> You're actually a pretty smart person. This is yeah. very unusual this for is, a comedian. I know. So, I don't even know. Yeah, you know, you have nuance. I, I don't know if I can get behind this. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's just go back to just killing people. Okay, I brought this up because this is something that happened to me yesterday. Somebody t- uh, messaged me, and he's an Asian guy like in this business. Like He's not a comedian, but he said, hey, I bet um, the first person to address and roast Louis C.K.'s um, you know, mean comments about Asian people will go viral. You should do it. And... I I guess like hey, a couple of funny things about that. I love how the Asian part like didn't get that much media attention. I know that uh, was I really didn't. So Honestly, funny. Really, I had to it's like so yeah. funny. I thought I was like, what did he say? I, know. I was like, come on. You somebody know? sent me like a screenshot of somebody's screenshot, and that was a notepad. Somebody had to like somebody had to transcribe to it. Tries to transcribe it, so it wasn't even in the media because you know, it was insane that yeah. that didn't get any attention. Right, so that's already funny. And then he was I like, know. well, you should use it as a thing because you'll go viral. And it's like probably, but like I on the inside, I don't. You did, After, yeah. I don't feel that way about what Louis did f- for that for that comment, especially you know. So like, it, I I can't fake wokeness. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. I have some stuff I want to say about yes. him, but eventually. Make us go viral. Come on. Make, oh. No, <laughs> I meant like on stage. I gotta yeah. figure it out, but uh, we'll see. You yeah. know. But it's like weird to like. I'm not trying to. 
I don't fucking know. Yes. You know, I'm yes. not trying to be like, I'm going to fucking take this guy down. I yes. just find yeah. something funny about it. And I want to say, yeah, I, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? We're, again, we're in the middle. We're stuck we're in the, the middle. middle. We're trying to, we're stuck in the middle. to be funny. Trying to be funny. <laughs> so it's a, very, it's a weird time for funny, you know? It is. It's it a is. Weird, we know where it happened to all the airport jokes. You know what? I'm <laughs> I, I, you know what? I miss those. Egg salad when jokes. I hear like a, the other day I did like a, a black room and this guy was doing like a joke about Asians with small dicks and I was like, I miss that. Like, thank, <laughs> you, like, thank you. you. Dude, know? the most racist shit I heard was I walked into like the knitting factory and there's just this guy on stage talking about the sound Indian women make when they come and it was just camel noises. Knit? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was camel literally noise. camel noises. Really? That's like such a like, This was years ago oh. and I like walked in and the room was dying and he was just doing camel noises and I was just against the wall like what the fuck and then I like walked into where the comics were and he saw me and he apologized I was like no, <laughs> don't fucking do what? it yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong dude with if you walk off stage and you feel like you gotta apologize to people from that community don't fucking do, do it, the oh, joke. it. Oh, at least own it yeah just just I don't know <laughs> like, Wait, yeah you do sound like a camel like can just you, can you, know? you do that can you make can you, <laughs> can you make the sound I don't even know what I'm a trying camel to remember like. it was like <laughs> It was like, I can't. <laughs> but at the top of his lungs, and he was doing it in a crescendo. Like, it was in just a nuts. crescendo. <laughs> God damn. Well, shouts to camels. Yes. And uh, shouts to middle funny people. Yeah. Yeah. And we're back with uh, with some fun games for our guests, Suba Agarwal. Uh, we always like to create little games um, that kind of go with the things that you are good at, or you know your jobs and stuff like that. And we've been doing some YouTube, and we've been googling you. Oh no! And we, <laughs> we, and we saw that you were uh, at one point like a, like an online math tutor. Oh, it was the worst thing I've ever on done. On eHow. I, First of all, how did that ha- how did you, how did that come about? There's uh, I don't know if he wants me to say it, but there's a comic who okay. like worked at eHow or had a hookup through eHow producing videos, and so like he came to me because I had a math degree. Yeah. And uh, I essentially pimped out my math degree for like a hundred dollars because I was super desperate <laughs> and like. <laughs> They're asking you shit that you don't remember. Or it's like, even if you're a mathematician, like I was focusing on financial mathematics. And be like, how do you find the circumcenter of a polygon? And then I would have to like Wikipedia and then I would tell people how to do it. And every now and then I might get like one thing wrong. And In the comments? Mo- comments oh, oh no. This everywhere, dude. bitch. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That's so funny. It's like you do stand up. People don't like your jokes. And then you, you do, do math. math people don't like, like your jokes. That's not a matrix. <laughs> God damn. Well, so, you know, you're a math expert in our <laughs> so we have this game called Professor Suba. Oh god! And, yes. uh, actually, you know, could you just like spit out your credentials in terms of math? Like, would you would you go to school? Would you study? I, t- I studied actuarial, I think technically the term is actuarial science, uh, oh. but it's basically like a math degree focusing on statistics with uh, economics mixed in. So yeah. I was basically trained oh. to financially model. I see why your parents were upset now. <laughs> <laughs> you had a what a failure. failure. So, uh, you know, Mike and I, uh, you know, we're not we're not math experts. We were, we were once, but it's been a long time since I've studied math. So what we want to do is um, we want you to explain to us a, d- a complex math <laughs> thing that we don't understand in 60 seconds and we're just gonna <laughs> gonna go from there and if you don't know any of the, like if you don't know it you don't we can we have, we have choices here sure. but uh I, it's you know, been I actually, years I thought, but I'll I, I, I thought you were like an engineer major or something so I picked no. some I mean these are legit things that I remember learning in high school um and I just don't know it anymore it's amazing how much you forget if you just don't if you don't yeah, do yeah I barely remember anything so let's give yeah. it a shot yeah, let's do it <laughs> I can't wait okay first item integrals what are integrals Oh, I don't know. It was just some shit they asked you to do. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even no need idea. 60 seconds. She didn't even need 60 Nailed seconds. It. Nailed it. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I've got another one. What are, what are, this is what this was in your video. What the fuck are matrices? Matrices, it's just a way to store information. So, it's a way to store information. Yeah, like uh, they can mean different things, but it's like a system of storing information and then like you can combine them or do different things with them. But is it like, why did they make us do it on paper? That sounds like a computer science thing. Well, I think you should still learn how to do shit on paper. Everyone's like, well, I have a calculator now. I'm like, your brain is garbage. Like, I think <laughs> you should still. I'm getting reprimanded. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to have a tutor that has... That's that also has roasting skills, you know what I'm saying? Like you, where you're just like, your, your brain is garbage, bro. You know, like that's a, that's a sweet, I would watch that YouTube video. I was actually sure. really bad at teaching, and I didn't mean to be this way, but it's like they could see the disappointment in my face, like, because I didn't have a good poker face. Where it's like, cause, I mean, I'm not trying to say this to be obnoxious. Math was easy for me, yeah. so mm-hmm. I didn't understand. <laughs> 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 but it's Love like, it. 
kids would like they would really struggle with it yeah. and so it's like I would just be like I was like no it's like this and it's just like I didn't mean it as a shitty way but I was it was like confusing to me that they couldn't that understand yeah. you know what I got a real one that you, since you study yeah. like financial economics or whatever this is a real thing that I, <laughs> I personally do not understand what is inflation and like why does it happen Oh, Infl- hey, that's like, a good like, I know it's happening. Why can't we all just be like, nah, it's cheaper? I, but, but <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, well, rent went up, so this goes up. And it's like, okay, well, can you not do that? Can you not raise this thing so this thing doesn't have to go yeah, up? Yeah, like, yeah. why is it happening? Um, I mean, it's honestly off the top of my head, I don't know. I just, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, inflation is in response to a lot of things, the way the Fed controls the money supply and things Whoa, like that. Slow down. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, go, 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 keep going, keep going. <laughs> But off the top, I don't remember. But it's just like it's a lot of it is just in response to the way our money supply is controlled by. So our it's government. like a domino effect. <laughs> Man, do you have any questions it's for like, her? Like it's like we just discovered she's smart, so we just have general questions. We <laughs> want. Where do babies come from? <laughs> what happens? Uh, what happens? Uh, All right, let's go on to this other other game here. Okay, let's. Uh, this other game is. Uh, well, before here. we get to that, Suba, have you ever had like a real job in consulting or like an I office job? I worked as an actuary for three months. You did Whoa. three months before I quit my what job. Is, what, what, what do actuaries New York do? Life. What do actuaries do? Exactly. Um, so there's two sides. There's life, and then there's property and casualty. Uh, so it's like property casualty. It's like auto insurance. This is what most actuaries do. You can actually do a lot with your degree, but majority work as actuaries for insurance companies. And you're either property and casualty or your life insurance. And I went to work for life. So basically, what it does is I financially model based on like mortality statistics, like what's financially profitable or feasible for an insurance company to have like how to structure their policy or if you die after x amount of years how much money can they give like based on what you're paying in paying out that sort of thing that sounds evil that sounds oh, it's very fun yeah. that's, like, that's like the opposite of comedy it was like <laughs> no wonder you didn't want to do it it was insane and like i think the thing that like stuck with me the most and this not to be morbid but it totally saved my life was like the joint life insurance policies <gasps> where it's like when one spouse died how much we had like a factor for how much your life expectancy would drop. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing because like when your partner for however long dies, Mm -hmm. they always, you know, yeah. Yeah, your life is really fucking plummet which was crazy but it like put it in numbers and it made me understand how much like dying impacts those around you oh my gosh and there was a point where i was in a rough spot mentally and then oh. like <laughs> I oh no this used to be a theme for oh no <laughs> i i hope actuary like, offices are like really fun there's a lot of bounty houses because <laughs> to counteract the sadness oh it was all stand-up's fault but like i remember <laughs> i remembered the table and how much like okay. you know like me doing that would impact everyone around me and it Damn. was like if i hadn't seen that table i don't know if i would have had that connection as strongly in my head right so do you you remember interviewing for this job uh yeah okay so did you do case studies and stuff case studies case studies Mm. uh so wait case you you know what case studies are for interviews well they ask you like to solve problems right there uh, um, they do it for a lot of like quant oriented jobs no it was more of like you had to pass licensing exams while you were in college and i had passed two already wow so So you never got like how many jelly beans can you fit in an airplane no I guess that was because they can tell what you know based on like how you're scoring. Oh, it's like certificate based. Uh, Interesting. Well, uh, you know, this is uh Well, so we're so so since you've never done it, this will be fun for you. Uh, <laughs> this we're gonna do a uh, case study. This is a very e- easy case study. A comedy case study. Comedy case study. Uh, this game is called Low Effort. Uh, so Suba is known for her hard work ethic, uh, having been the, been the subject of a PBS documentary. She spent a lot of time. Uh, perfecting her craft. Some might say countless hours, but we can definitely count it. So we want to ask Suba, how many hours do you think you've spent? Hours spent. You've spent open mi- micing, writing, gigging, driving from place to place oh, before your first signed writing gig. We'll just kind of say whatever. We have a calculator. Ar- arbitrarily, what that is. Um, let me see. Well, yeah, we, we want to talk, 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 talk us through, talk the us through your steps. Like you already went to your phone. I like that. That's good. <laughs> That's strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a job interview. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, well, before I even started stand-up at 16, I don't even know how many hours of comedy I would watch, but I would also make myself write for an hour minimum a day just at 16 because I didn't know you could get on stage that young. Oh. So I was doing that for a full year. And then uh, when I started doing stand-up, I would write for maybe one to three hours mm-hmm. a day. And then I would do open mics, which would probably take you know most of your night past oh, yeah. 7 p.m so i would have to add up all of those hours yes and let's, multiply do it. Them. let's do it <laughs> let's do so it the first two years one hour a day 365 days a year <laughs> times two <laughs> so that's uh let's just say for simplicity's sake let's just say it's 750 okay hours and then it's i would say that and that's what from 2000 what 2000 and that's from 2016 to 2017 or no 2006 to 2007 and then uh 2007 until I would say 
Oh man, when did I get my first writing thing? I think I was probably 24, 25. Um, so let's just say uh, 2014. 2014 is the end date. Yeah. Okay. So from 2007 to 2014, I would say I spent an average of two hours a day writing plus um, from like 6 p.m. to midnight doing spots and stuff. So that's about um, like another six hours a day. So that's mm-hmm. about eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, and then I think that will factor in for if you just don't. I very rarely took breaks. And then there would be times where I would have to work day and night. So I think it would even out if you don't include holidays. Okay. So we do eight hours a day for how many years? 2007. That's seven years. For seven years. Uh, so for 365 eight. days a year. So right. Times 365 times seven. What is this? Can somebody do this on your calculator? Huh, I thought you were doing it on your calculator. <laughs> I don't have a calculator on my computer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, let me see. So it's it was... 8 times 365 times 7. Is this math right? I hope it's right. Plus 750 from the, the from OG the, days. From the OG. OG so 21,190. Hours. So yeah. divided by 24. 882 days. So, to, but, but she, so she's easily hit the 10,000 hour rule. Yeah. Twice. Twice. She's twice. Hit it twice. That's why you're way more successful oh than us. Oh my God. I see. You ever think of it like that? You hit that Malcolm Gladwell number twice. Twice. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. You, that's, that's amazing. You should, you know, send that number to your parents. <laughs> just, just no context. Boom. Yeah, 20,000 hours. Boom. But then they would counter with like, what else could you have done in 20,000 hours? Yes. Oh, Two, three PhDs. So, so this is this is the other part of the game. Is Typically at case interviews, when you solve a problem, they, you solve it and then they go, what do you think you could have done better? To, to, to the calculation. Oh, that's so, hilarious. So in this what, time yeah, between what, 2006 and 2014. What do you think you could have accomplished in the time that you spent doing comedy? If you had, if you, if you, if there was another alternate reality, Suba, I feel like I could have uh, probably done some important work uh, <laughs> in terms of bioengineering. That was the other thing I was interested in. Oh, I really okay. liked physics and I really liked bioengineering. So if I, Dude, why don't you just do that? That's well, cool. Before, I love stand up. Right. No, no, sorry, sorry, not so like. But you went into fi- financials. Oh, well, because I started boring. as a bioengineer, but they were gonna. I entered as a sophomore in college, but they were gonna make me take the full four years because of how the labs were structured, and I knew I wasn't uh, gonna pursue it. So yeah. I was like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah, and so I switched my major overnight because my roommate told me there were a lot of actuary jobs in New York and I wanted someone to pay me to move to New York. That was Ah. like literally my goal. One of the dumbest things I've ever done. I should have Googled it before I changed my major. Holy shit, those licensing exams were a bitch. Oh my God. Expensive or hard? There was just like the study manual was like at least, I want to say, what is this, like eight inches thick without exaggeration. Like I saw it and I had my first panic attack when I saw the study (laughs) exam manual. I was like, what the fuck is this? I love that your backup plan is more... Uh, ambitious than my <laughs> regular daytime plan. It's like, oh, I guess I'll back up at, to being an actuary. Well, it's because, I mean, like I said, math was always like easier for mm. me. And so I knew I could do it without having to put too much of my brain into it. Whereas if I had taken English or like done something I was passionate about, I would have gotten wrapped up in it. So I wanted yeah. something I co- did not give a shit about that I knew I could do that's that great. would pay me to get to New York quickly. So that's what I was trying to Fuck. do. That's real consulting. Right I have there. the tiger, man. I have the I have tiger. tiger. That's, That's awesome. Well, uh, I will tell you that you did not get the job. So. <laughs> and there you go. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. That was episode 46. And again, our guest today was Super Agarwal from Comedy Central, Jim Jeffries Show. Uh, Suba, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, just follow me on Twitter and Instagram for updates at Suba. And my Instagram handle, I'm sorry for this, is Subhaha. It's S-U-B-H-A-H-A. Yeah, that's I'm very one. sorry. <laughs> that's was that your first show that you wrote? Uh, that's great. <laughs> it was actually Casey Aurora's fault. It's a long story. <laughs> uh, also, you can follow me and Mike on Instagram. We have a joint account. Uh, that's uh, at Asian, not Asian pod. And you can also follow me at the Fumi Abe, that's T-H-E-F-U-M-I-A-B-E. And you follow me on Instagram at NicePantsBro. And we also have our uh, monthly show coming up that Suba's going to be on called Hack City Comedy. It's going to be so and fun. We actually, we're actually doing it here. Oh, After hours. We're going to be in this event awesome. space right there. Cool. So uh, come out. That's January 16th, 8 o'clock at Canal Street Market. The address is 265 Canal Street. And there's like two entrances. Come into the hall, the, the food court side. Yep. And uh, we'll be there. I think there's going to be free beer, maybe. So come out. Bring your friends. Please support us. This yeah. is going to be our first show at first this new show. venue. So we want to make sure that they like us and stuff like that. Uh, also, shout out to our uh, the Listening Party Studios and uh, Canal Street Market for having us. Check them out uh, on Instagram. You can find them at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. Uh, was there anything else? Oh, Patreon. 
I guess. Keep yeah. find us on Patreon. Keep giving us money. That'd keep, be give sweet. us your money, please. We're very poor. And uh, this gotta be something. Are, you, you think, are we doing anything? You I and mean, I? we've got stuff coming up in the next couple months. So oh, yeah, we're you not know, gonna plug anything. Too yeah, that's, it's a little too early for that. But uh, you know, we, we're gonna, <laughs> we got some. We got some moves. We got some interesting events coming up. So yeah. Cool. So uh, thank you, Suba, again for coming on the show. And yeah, thank uh, you. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.